I didn't. We don't I have didn't. our notebook. Right here, Trevor. Notebook. You have a child, don't you? Well, these girls, girls, I Begin? Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. I'm not Jason Greenwood. Indeed. I'm Matt Montgomery. I'm here with Trevor Brady. Jason has apparently suffered a hamstring tear or strain of some sort. Uh, we estimate another four to six weeks until he's uh, podcast fit again. <laughs> until he's um, recovered, yeah. Yeah, and then we'll, we'll ease him back into training and hopefully he'll we'll be good to him, go. We'll have him running laps yeah. by the end of week three. Yeah. So, uh, should we should we talk about Real Salt Lake? Yeah, let's talk about it. I mean, because that's what we are, we're, and I didn't say it at the beginning, so we're a Real Salt Lake podcast. Because we say, like, uh, welcome to Off the Crossbar, Real Salt Lake podcast. Well, we don't. Jason usually does. Yeah, that's, that's why true. we're fumbling through it. Well, yeah. <laughs> fumble, fumble, fumble. All right, so anyway. uh, first things first, let's talk about New England uh, and how yeah. we beat them. We did kinda. beat them. I mean, it wasn't a moral victory. It wasn't really an immoral <laughs> victory either. It was, it was a victory. It was an actual victory. Oh, that's pretty a, cool. Yeah. Which is nice. We yeah. haven't had one of those in... Well, we're going to say we haven't had one of those in a while, but we haven't played in a while either. Yeah. Yeah, we, we went on a little bad run there. Five games. Yeah. And then uh, maybe we just pulled out of our tailspin. That was that show with maybe. the bear that... Flew an airplane, right? Yeah, that's the one. I'm glad I remember these things. I do remember that one. So uh, I, I know the the uh, the hook to the theme. But yeah. I'm not going to do it because this is recorded. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I I keep I keep thinking of the Ducktales theme, and then I'm like, no, that's not it. It's close. Yeah, it's kind of close. Of course it is. Anyway, yeah, no, I think um, we beat a an opponent that was. They've been up and down. Yeah. I think we've talked about that before, but they are either really good or really, really bad. Yeah, and they, I mean, they're clearly a side with some talent, some potential. Yeah. Um, I thought they were kind of middle of the road that game. They played well at times and yeah. not well at other times. They played like us two weeks ago, except, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, when we were losing. Yeah. Not two weeks ago. Uh, no, actually two weeks ago when we lost to Chivas. Yeah. We, they looked kind of like us. They didn't get a red card, though, so... Good for them. Yeah, good for them. Um, okay, Trevor. And here's the here's the part of the show where you get to disagree with me. <laughs> okay. What did you think of those two penalties? Let's start with penalty numero uno. You mean the one that wasn't called? Which on one? Gil in the box. All right, I describe think it, was, it. I think it was Barnes. Somebody just cleaned Gil out. Yeah. It was a cross coming in, and Gil went up for it. And, I mean, he wasn't going to get there, which is, by the way, irrelevant. But he wasn't going to get there, and the guy just um, cleaned him out, took out his legs, and thought it should have been a penalty. It yeah. wasn't. I mean, yeah. it was one of those where it's like, probably shouldn't have been, but he didn't, and it's, I don't know. Didn't call it. But anyway, you're not talking about that one. You're talking no, about... No, I'm certainly not. Who was, it, who was it on? It was on Schuler. Yeah, you know, actually, I... I was never really certain whether it was Schuler Borchers or someone else in that mix. I think it was I think it was Schuler going well, up was, for the header. It right? was Darius Barnes that came in and and 
Kind of undercut him. Yeah, didn't uh, didn't play the ball in the air. Didn't play the ball. Turned around. Uh, but Schuler go- went up for the ball. Uh, to me, that's a penalty, and a just penalty. Not one you'll see called all the time, but but a good penalty call, regardless. Yes. Trevor, are you okay? No, it was a penalty. What do you want me to do? I, <laughs> I don't know how to take this. All right, so you didn't have a problem with it? No, I didn't. Because I think all of the one eighth of a percent of people who live in Boston who watch the team. Sorry, that actually might be exaggerating a little bit. It's probably Why close it? to like one one hundredth of a percent. Yeah. There are a lot of people there, right? Plenty. And so you have to get all like 200 fans. I think they've got more. 2,000? Yeah. All right. Give them credit. It's four digits. Speaking of four <laughs> digits. What? I have four digits on my hand. I also have a fifth, but who's counting? <laughs> So, uh... Not you, apparently. Yeah. No, it, it was... I, I think you said it best. It's a penalty that is not often called. Well, not that it's not often called. Not but always sometimes called. you see that not called. Yeah. And, I mean, it's still a penalty. Yeah. Refs sometimes don't call it for whatever reason. Maybe they don't call it because they don't see it, or they don't call it because there's fouls on both sides and they'd rather just let it negate itself, but it, it, it's a penalty. Yeah, I mean... The only, the only argument against calling that is that sometimes refs don't call it, and that's a really bad argument. Yeah. Rules say that's a penalty. Yeah. So the ref called it. He's playing the rules. Like, yeah. No, I've got no problems with that. Good. If if we did the same thing, it, it's a penalty. Yeah. Yeah, I so. mean, the important thing is you have to play the ball in those situations. If you're not actively trying to play the ball and a player... You know who you're defending is trying to play the ball. That's kind of cut and dry, I think. Yeah, it was a little funny to hear the New England broadcast. Uh, they were absolutely and wholly convinced, beside themselves. Yeah, that that it wasn't even close to a penalty. That it was the worst call. They were, uh, as we say, either Merritt Paulson or Caleb Portering it. <laughs> That's a thing now. <laughs> Portering it, yeah. Look, we're, we're relevant. <laughs> uh, if you haven't watched Caleb Porter's post-match after uh, the or, Portland or loss, or Reddit even, uh, after the Portland loss to Seattle, it's it's a treat. Are we going to give context to that? No. Nah. Okay. No, nah, well, it's context. Well, just, just, just go. Yeah, you'll look it up. Yeah. It's on, on our, the website. So. Our friends at Sounder at Heart have a good recap, I think. Yeah. And, uh... Probably a great recap, actually. Yeah, Stumptown <laughs> Footy, uh, also an SB Nation blog, didn't really have anything, which was... Uh, so I can understand where they're coming from there. Yeah. In a state anyway. of turmoil over at Portland Timbers, which, to be honest, isn't anything new. Okay, yeah, sec- penalty numero dos. Um, Multicultural here on Off the Crossfire. Here's the problem. Did you, did you I remember that there was a second one. I'm trying to remember the events leading up to this. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was, was a, a foul in the box. Trip. Yeah, like stri- another one, straight up, 100. percent Yeah, like no question, that's a penalty. Yeah. Okay. Like the only, the only gripe, because people had, there were people who had gripes with that one, and I think part of their gripe was that Sturzer, when he went down, let's be honest, a little comical. He went down with his arms outstretched and his legs outstretched and, and just... I've got a it, thought on that. It, it looked like if you see a player down doing that, 
it, it looks like the kind of guy that's going down soft, looking for the call. That's the only real gripe, but the fact of the matter is, definitely a foul. He yeah. definitely tripped him. Did, not even close to the ball. Okay, what do you think about the fact that Devin Sandoval might have pulled down the player a little bit? Pulled down which player? Oh, the, their player? Yeah. No, but I will say that Devin Sandoval was could have been offside on the play. Yeah, it's Which should have negated the penalty. Well, if they call it, it would have negated the penalty. Yeah, of course. But And on replay, well, when I saw it initially, I thought it was offside. Yeah, I wasn't and sure then, initially. And then on the replay, I'm not really convinced that he was onside. Yeah, it's... I, I don't... If memory serves, the replay didn't really show yeah, a great there, angle, there's, so... The best angle I saw was still behind the play. Yeah. By not way behind the play. But a significant But it, it was behind the play enough that it, it left a little bit of doubt, which... Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give New England fans that. If they want to say he was offside, he could have been, maybe. Yeah. Or anybody. He, he could have been offside. Yeah. But I, they didn't call it, and the f- trip was definitely a trip. In the box penalty. Yeah, I mean, he he left his feet. He stuck his feet out. Like if you're being pulled back up by a player, you don't still try to tackle. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, if you do, then you're asking for it. Yeah, which is what he was doing. Now, my thought on John Sturzer's going down was not that he like necessarily dove. I think he actually lost his footing before the play. I think he was trying to maybe like. Round it, the ball to get a strike on it, or but it it didn't look like he was going down looking for contact, it looked like he was just kind of tripping over himself. Yeah, no, it it looked like I mean, to me, it looked like a guy who got tripped, knew he got tripped, he knew he was in the box, so he's gonna look to the ref for the foul. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's what it looked like, and I, I mean, I think that's exactly what he was doing. Yeah, but I think other people might see that as him. Going down and then looking to the ref for the call because we see that often. Yeah, and I mean, it's, so, there certainly is an element that, but, of that. But he was definitely fouled. Like, there's yeah. no question. Oh, I don't think there's any shame in a player asking the question. No, there's not. Uh, I mean, the, everybody does it. Yeah. Like, literally. Like, you ask the ref, like, was that a penalty? I mean, obviously, there's a little there, more force behind it. A little but, more colorful. Uh, something, something blue penalty. What? You said colorful, sorry. Oh, okay. I ran with it. I got you. So, those so, are the yeah, penalties. No, I, I don't have any problem with the penalties. I'll tell you what I did have a problem with in that game. All right. New England's goal. If Jason's not here to say it, I'll, I'll speak for Jason here and just say that our defensive, our defense on set pieces still needs a little bit of work. Yeah, it, or I mean, it, it certainly does. A bit improved over what we've seen in the past. Yeah. But we still have moments like that one where it was just, like, what are they doing? Yeah, you know what it comes down to for me? It comes down to our veterans uh, over the last five to six, maybe even seven years in some cases, uh, not practicing set pieces over basically that entire period. Probably. Like, you tend to get out of practice in those circumstances. Yeah, no, I I see that, but at the same time, it's like... Oh, we have to be better. I'm not discounting the fact that we should improve. <laughs> you know what the problem is. Everybody knows what the problem is. Yeah. Like, mean, it's a habit, I'm, right? I'm not saying that the problem is defending set pieces. I mean, the problem's with defending set pieces that the team has. Yeah. Everybody knows that it is a problem and that we need to work on it. And it's not, like, complicated stuff. It's not like we're being 
beaten by drawn up set plays. Yeah. You know, we're being well, beaten we were by being, being beaten by those, I think it would actually be in a worse position. I think drawn up set plays are designed to capitalize on even more severe weaknesses than we have. Our our weaknesses are like ball watching. Yeah. Like not tracking runners. Yeah. You know I mean? That's that's one oh one. Yeah. For defense just in general. But on a set piece it's even easier. Yeah, you know, if you make a deep the, run the against Ryan Lane. running from the midfield. He's running from right next to you. Yeah, and that is a problem. But so, um, this one was a deeper run, at least. A little bit. It wasn't. You mean deeper, like, starting deeper or deeper, like, back post? Oh, starting deeper. Uh, not starting from the midfield, obviously, but, but he made a run. It wasn't just he he's turned a player. And, still started right next to the guy. Yeah, it was. Was it Winger that was guarding him? Yeah, you know, actually, I'm not certain. I think it was Winger. We'll blame Winger, because it's not like he's going to listen anyway. Yeah. Winger was standing next to Chris, if you're to listening, we apologize, <laughs> and it was actually uh, John Sturzer's fault. Are you being serious? Was it actually John Sturzer's? No. Okay, well, Winger was standing next to the guy. Yeah. The, from beginning, and then just wasn't ready for a ball to be played to the back post, and... Was it Barnes that scored? Yeah, it was Barnes because yeah. he gave up the first pass. Yeah, I mean, he made, and it wasn't even a complicated run. It was straight towards goal. Yeah. And the ball was just put there. And if Chris had been Oh, but it was job, a great ball in. It was a good ball in. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. Either way. Can we talk about John Sturges some more? Defending set pieces. Because I thought this was actually John Sturges' best performance in an RSL uniform. Well, before you go there. A, it was, and B, that's an awfully small sample size. That's not a small sample size to say it's be- his best. It just doesn't mean very much. I mean, we're not saying like... Why, why does it not mean very much, Matt? Well, because he's played like five matches. Because it's a small sample size? No, no, I'm not saying like <laughs> it was better than his average game. That would be in the case of small sample size. I'm not drawing any like statistical comparison. It's just, he doesn't, you know, it was his best match. Like... I don't think there's any controversy there. No, okay, fair enough. I'm being pedantic now, of course, but that's what the, why we have podcasts, because no one in real life wants to listen to us be pedantic. <laughs> so, we have to do it somewhere. Okay. No, Best I, game? Yeah, no, especially, especially the first probably 30 minutes of the game. Oh, yeah. He was dynamic, off the ball, movements were great, was making runs into the box, creating space for other players, and just... Generally being a fantastic player. Yeah. Capitalizing on some, some real weaknesses for New England. So. Yeah. They cleaned Th- that up a little bit, though. They did. And throughout the rest of the game, he was... I don't know if neutralized is the best word. Like, I don't know that New England neutralized him. No, I mean, they but, dropped a little deeper. They kept yeah. their line flatter. And so runs like that aren't going to make as much of a difference. Yes. Uh, I thought he adapted his game well in that way. And actually uh, was useful in this spot. Because it's easy. We see players often in that side of the diamond spot who, after having a, you know, after a good start, 30 minutes or so, uh, and then, you know, the defense adapting, we'll see them kind of drop and not really understand what they're going to do. We never saw that with John Sturzer. Yeah. And that's, I think, the, the real lesson for me is that he just, he adapted really well to the game. He did. And he, like you said, he played great. Um, I don't think he was our best player, but he was no, far no. from the worst. Who do you think, who do you say our best player was? Is it, I, I know who I'll say. Who are you going to say? Uh, hmm. 
No, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of somebody you're definitely not going to say. Uh, I I know who I'm definitely going to say. I just need a minute to think of who is next after that. You know, it's Kyle Beckerman, right? Yeah. <laughs> who came back from World Cup duty and was just everything we've everything. missed and more and more. Like, Every, like he was better than when he left. Yeah. Well, the team certainly was. Yeah. Absolutely. Like it. I've never seen, and maybe it's a little unfair to credit it completely to Kyle coming back, but I've never seen such a difference in, I mean, a, a midfield, just by putting one player back in. Yeah. I mean, on any team, I think. There's there's no player that's more crucial, and you could talk about whether that's a good or a bad thing, but I don't think there's... I mean, Kyle's just so crucial, and it was just so evident in the last couple of games. I mean, Cole Grossman is not a bad player. No, certainly not. But in this system, he needs time and he needs work in order to be anywhere nearly as effective. I mean, yeah, yeah. I was thinking uh, last year we had Beckerman out for a spell. Yeah, not a long spell, but... Not as well, long, but he, he I had guess, to, he No, had it was actually about as long, yeah. I thought it was only like three or four games. I don't remember. Either way, it was a couple he games. He was gone for a bit. He was gone for a bit for a couple games. And, I mean, we had, uh, was it, did we have Jordani last year? Yeah, we did, because we yeah. waved him at the end of last season. We had Jordani last year, and people had their thoughts about Jordani, but... He, he was a walking red card. Yeah. Look, I used an accent to indicate that I wasn't portraying my own opinion. Yes. I should be a professional. <laughs> but we had Jordani, and when Jordani played, like, there was still that drop-off, but a I felt bit. that... Jordani was better at that position than Cole Grossman is. Yeah. And maybe that's just because Jordani is much older and played that kind of position and just generally played soccer for longer than Cole Grossman. Yeah, and he, but, he had consistent minutes over his career. Yeah. Cole Grossman hasn't. Hasn't. And he he's starting to develop into that sort of player, I think. Yeah. Uh, Jordani Alvarez was a close analog, I think, for what Kyle Beckerman brought. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Defensively, uh, he was still he was all right. Offensively, not great. Uh, yeah, I think that if, if you want to compare Yordani to, to Beckerman, that's the biggest difference was his offensive, like just production and distribution just wasn't there. Yeah, I mean, defensively, he probably still wasn't as good as Beckerman, but he no, was no, not not as good, but he was still he was good. good. He, he, I mean, he's going to be a starter in MLS next year. Yeah. More yeah. than likely. And, and for with good, good reason. reason, yeah. Because he's a good player. He'll be behind Kaká. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll, but, be, he'll be feeding Kaká. Uh, that, see, that's the greatest thing about MLS. Like, I love it. We can say that uh, uh, somebody played with David Beckham and Yordani Alvarez behind the infamous Kaká. <laughs> infamous Kaká? Yeah, he's infamous because he played in Italy. No. Yeah. No. That, that he, makes he is, you infamous. He's very famous. Well, there's an element of fame in infamy. Well, okay. We're being pedantic again. Well, yeah. That's why we have a podcast. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, he anyway. played in Italy, so he's a little bit of a villain here on the podcast. There's only two of us here, so... I have to represent can't... both Jason and myself today in yeah, this Yeah, but there's only, there's only one of you, so there's no majority. Uh, Basically, that's true. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, so no, he's democracy not a is not the determiner for fact. In fact, he's a he's a hero. And yeah. Oh, well, that 
and had he been playing, Brazil would still be in the World Cup. Uh, I said it. Well. Uh, no, yes, absolutely. I don't know that he would have made as much of a difference as you're saying. Yeah, probably not. But. You know who would have made a difference? <laughs> Ned. Ned Grabboy. <laughs> Even playing at goalkeeper would have been a better choice, th- oh, choice than Julius Cesar. Glad, I'm glad you got that in, and I'm glad you got that in there. Woeful. Now, Julius Cesar was not the problem. If you want to talk about no, problems wasn't. on defense, Julius yeah, it Cesar was, everybody? was not. It was the four players in front of him? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that... I, th- I think it was more of the ten players in front of him. Well, only like... I'd only attribute, like, defensive blame to, like, seven of seven or eight of those. So. <laughs> well, nobody was good. But anyway, back to what we were talking about. Okay, what about Nick Romano? I, th- I think we saw that oh, no, Cole Grossman we'll is... Sorry, I just need to finish this point. Okay. I think we saw that Cole Grossman is... Definitely like that position, but he's not there yeah. yet. Yeah, and I, I... And the just the difference between him and Kyle Beckerman is, a, I think, a lot bigger than we all thought. Yeah. Or expected. I, I mean, we can recall that Jordani Alvarez in his first few games for Real Salt Lake in that position wasn't good. Last I mean, season, he was, he was good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When he came, he was okay. He was a little he was, sketch. He was risky. He was dangerous. He wasn't a good passer, really. But he no. developed well into that position over his two and a half years at Real Salt Lake. Yeah. And I think we can see John, uh, Cole Grossman. I'm sorry, John Sturzer on the brain. Still on Sturzer. Yeah. Uh, I think we can see Cole Grossman having the same sort of trajectory. Uh, maybe yeah. with him not going to Orlando City when they come into MLS in 2015. That would be kind of weird. That's the hope. Yeah, although, and this is going to delight some of you listening, if you're actually listening, expansion draft. That's all I want to say about it. But, like, it, that's a thing. I kind of want to start... I mean, we, we bring it up every single time. Yeah. I kind of want to, like, get rules first and then talk about it. Yeah, let's let's do that one of these days. Let's do it. Charles, maybe we'll invite you back if you promise to be good this time. Maybe. It's a hard maybe. <laughs> we love you, Charles. I hope you know that. We're smiling right now. <laughs> and chuckling and laughing, as normal. Yes. Um, anyway, moving on. Sorry, you were about to make a point. Nick Romando. He was back, too. Did it really make that much of a difference? I think so. I mean... Yeah, I mean, he had yeah, a couple great yeah. saves, but... Well, see, that's the thing. Like, as far as saves and shot stopping, that's where I think there's the smallest amount of difference between Romando and Atnella. Yeah. Because as far as, like, just simply making saves or stopping shots... They are both very good. I think one of them's definitely better. Yeah. But they are both very good. I think so what Romando rhymes with Rick Nemanda. <laughs> I think what Romando brings to the team that Adnella just doesn't is obviously being a veteran, being a leader, not being afraid to yeah, and tell people what they're doing wrong. He's a fantastic locker room guy for that very reason. Yeah, exactly. But I mean just I'm just talking about on field. One of the things I noticed, I may have mentioned it to you before. Probably. Um but if you watch Atnella play, if the defense makes a mistake, Atnella just gets up and, and goes about his, his business. If he makes yeah. a save, he'll just get up and get ready to make the next save. If Romando, if, if the defense fails in front of Romando, he makes a save and then he immediately gets up and starts yelling at people, telling them what they're doing wrong, what they need to do better. You know, just generally being a leader on the field. Yeah. And that's one thing that Atnella just doesn't. Doesn't have, and I think that that makes a difference. Yeah, the I mean, just just knowing that passion, just knowing that as a defender, you're going to get yelled at if you make the mistake. You're not going to make that mistake. You know what I mean? 
I mean, well, you, you might. You might. Still. But we've seen that happen before. You're gonna play with um, a different mentality as a defender. Yeah. In front of those two different goalkeepers. Yeah, I and think so. I think you're just gonna play a lot better in front of Romando than you would at Nella. For me, I don't know that the defense played significantly better. It's that the midfield defended better. Yes. So. Yeah, that was for sure. Uh, and that also might just be a symptom of Beckerman. So do you think we should have scored from the run of play? And does it say anything about us that we didn't? You know, I'm glad you asked that, Matt. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> like you set that one up for me earlier. Yeah, a little bit. No, I... Honestly, and maybe it's just because we won. I'm not really concerned about it for that game. That is a concern that I would have going forward. Yeah. We created plenty of chances. We didn't convert any of those chances from the run of play. Yeah. And maybe you can argue that the Sturzer chance before he got fouled, maybe something would have come from that. Maybe. Based on the play that we'd had the whole game, no, it wouldn't have. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, I mean, I just think that's a concern going forward. Yeah. For me, it's not a concern. Uh, Just because we actively created from the run of play, and our finishing wasn't horrible. No. Uh, there were a couple good m- moments of good goalkeeping. I thought Shuttleworth was on his game. Shuttleworth is a keeper that's either on or off. Yeah, all I really... I thought re- he was on. All I remember about Shuttleworth really from that game is yelling, dang it, Bobby, the whole time. <laughs> uh, which was the most fun I've had since yelling at Tim Melia, who, bless his soul, has been dropped from Chivas USA. The most ignominious of after- fate. Did he... No, he played a couple games last year for him, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. This year he's only played one and he got the red card. He played... Was it last year when he played against us? And we all yelled, Tim, 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 until he looked and waved? Yes. That was a lot of fun, too. It was a lot of fun. Anyway, sorry, getting back to New England. So, yeah, uh, we've got to be better from the run of play and goal scoring. And Saturday presents an opportunity for us to do just that. Yeah. Did that set it up well enough? Uh, it was pretty good. All right, so let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk LA Galaxy. We talk about Saturday. What a day spent. Then. Cruising all week with you. Yeah. Dun, dun. All right. Yeah, I grew up on that TV show as well, by the way. TV show? That's my theme song. Hey. <laughs> all right. We'll, all right, we'll be back. We'll be back. Trevor had an own a garbage can, but thank you for asking. Did you really just drop that on the ground? You said you don't own a garbage can. I do own a garbage can. It's under the sink. So, we're back on the podcast. Uh, I hope you missed us in the very short interim between segments. Really, it was a lot longer because we started looking at English non-league clubs and uh, wanted to buy paraphernalia. Also, we looked at Chinese clubs. Oh, and Chinese. Uh, yep. That. The, this that this is what we do it. in our free time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I'm not too busy playing that stupid soccer stars game. Soccer play, stars. Have you played that? No. It's a little game where you flick a. You have like five discs and you flick them around against an opponent trying to get the ball in the net. It's oh. remarkably fun. Uh, also, for it. somewhat addicting and probably dangerous to my health, but whatever. We'll see. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's a phone game, so what do you expect? <laughs> so we're going to talk about LA Galaxy, that team we're facing on Saturday. 
Yes, we have a game. Is it a home game? It's a home game. Yes, it's a home game. No, it's not a home game. D- d- of it's course. A, it's a home game for Los Angeles Galaxy. Because Jason was planning on going down to that game. Yeah, till he suffered we'll his grade how, one hamstring tear. Yeah, we'll see how his hamstring holds up. Honestly, I don't know if it has a grade. I don't even know what the grades mean. Uh, I think it, they have something to like do with how well they did in school. De- degrees of severity. Oh. But I don't know, like... If one is bad or ten is bad. Yeah, it's like burns. I have no clue. Like, is a third degree burn bad or is... Yes. Well, first degree burn's bad, too. Well, not as bad. You don't want any burns. Burns are bad. First degree burn's like a sunburn. Second degree burn... Could be a sunburn. Yeah, it can, but it usually is... Worse. Worse, because your your skin starts blistering, and then... How awful is it that we, we like, live on a world where the sun can burn us? Like, your your skin actually, like, dies, because it, it gets, like, black and dark and... You're not talking to the microphone. Sorry. That's alright. First degree burn, sunburn. Second degree burn... Less usually has blisters. Sunburny. But you can get it from sunburn. Yeah. I got it from sunburn once. Not recommended. Uh, third degree burn, usually, like... Your skin gets charred. Do you get necrosis? I think so. And I only say I think so because I think I know what necrosis means. See, I have a vague idea. I think it means dead something. Yeah, like your, your skin like literally dies. Like the necropolis is the city of the dead, right? I think so. No, necro and polis. Necromancers or dead people? Well, they're dead magic-y people. Yeah. They control the dead. That's That's... Yeah, that's a better way to put it. Like, pyromancy is not people made of fire. (laughs) Although that would be pretty cool. So let's talk about this LA game. What do we have to do to win? Uh, Score more goals than the opponent. Uh, See, I'm going to take a different approach. We have to force the opponent to score more own goals than we score own goals. That's not... That's technically true. Like, technically, but it's not, like, a viable game plan. Why? It just isn't, Matt. I, I could explain the ins and outs of it, but... You know, if... We'd be starting from square one, and that's not really where this podcast you, is at. You, that would be an innovative tactical approach. To force the other team to score own goals? Yeah. So what if... What if you got the ball to the end line constantly, and then just slammed against Omar Gonzalez constantly, hoping that it rebounded into the goal? See, this is a win-win scenario for me. No, no, here, I think you use the perfect word to describe why it's not a good idea. Hoping. It seems like we're hoping for a goal most of the time. Hoping that there's an own goal. No, you don't, like, shoot and go, well, I hope this goes somewhere towards the goal. No, no, you hit it against Omar Gonzalez, and then you say, I hope it bounces off of him into the goal. I'm comparing your plan to, like, a regular plan, where the regular plan is, let's just shoot it into the goal. They don't just, like, get the ball and be like, well, I hope we can get it down there, and then I hope we can score. I hope I can hit it on frame, and I hope their goalkeeper misses it. No, like, it's it's a little bit, it, it's more you than know, that. You know what your plan's missing? What is my plan missing? I can't you, wait to hear. You don't get to hit Omar Gonzalez with the ball repeatedly. You still can. You're just not counting on Omar Gonzalez putting it into his own net. You but that would be Omar so Gonzalez, funny. And then you hit it into Oh, it would be the greatest game. match of all time. It would. I'm still waiting for a own goal hat trick. Yeah. Off of Omar? 
Well, that that would be. I mean, we'll we'll get to predictions we'll, here let's in a minute. Not ask too much. Okay, so obviously we have to score goals. Uh, how do we fix our set piece problems? Are they a concern this weekend? They're not really like a, a one weekend's worth of work or one week's worth of training problem that's going to fix. You no, know I mean? but I mean, it's something we've been working on all season. <laughs> At some point, like, it has to start doing something. That's not helping, though, is the problem. I think it is. I mean, no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Working on it is helping. Saying that we worked on it all season and then seeing what I saw last week... Yeah. Is not like well, yeah, a comforting you're... thought. That, well, we've yeah. been working on it all season and see the results. I think the difference oh, is like terrible. a lot of teams have worked on it for the last however long they've had players there. I know. We bring in players and for a long time it was, you know guys, we're not going to practice set pieces. <laughs> um, we did remarkably well on set pieces considering we didn't practice them. I just have to say that. Like, we didn't do great. We didn't... A lot of the time, we didn't necessarily do good. We They weren't a strength, but they weren't a weakness? Is that what you is No, what you they weren't as much of a weakness as one would suspect, given those <laughs> circumstances. Alright, fair enough. Okay, so... Do we just count on penalties again? Can we? I mean, this, LA, we? this LA Galaxy side might be without Omar Gonzalez. So we probably That's can't count on... My plan. Probably can't count on a couple own goals. Oh. Unfortunately. Huh. But if Omar Gonzalez is not there, then it does mean we probably, without doubt, have the advantage in the air. Yeah. That's fair. So, I mean, maybe we get a goal off of a header or something. Maybe Devin Sandoval gets a goal off of a header. What do you think? He does have a head. (laughs) Uh, He does have hair that might actually prevent... I think that's why he hasn't scored a lot with his head, actually, is his hair absorbs so much of the impact that uh, by the time it hits his skull, it actually is not going to bounce far enough. Hasn't he scored like 50 or or like 75% of his goals with his head? Probably. You're you're not listening to (laughs) ever. So yeah, I mean, uh, who starts it forward? Is it? Do we see Sandoval Plata again? Again? Did Is, we see that last week? Yeah. I thought we saw Finley last week. We no. didn't see Finley. Nope. No Finley, Ooh. no Garcia. Rough. I think we see Finley this week. Starting? Well, I'm, I'm not going to go that far. So, Sandoval Plata from the yeah, outside, probably. or do we drop Garcia in? Yeah. Alright. Uh, you know, for me, Devin Sandoval has struggled a little bit this season. <laughs> I don't. I don't think there's any like no, any getting has, around. He, he has struggled a lot. Now, there, are, there are two forwards on our team that have not struggled this season, and one of them is out, and the other one struggled recently. Who? Plata. He scored a penalty. Oh yeah. Okay. You know, for me, our movement was of a of a very high quality. On no, it, it was. Like I said, I'm, I'm not talking about like, I'm talking about over the whole season. Yeah. Sandoval hasn't scored. No, that's true. Finley hasn't scored. Finley's he played scored, like one game. He two scored games. the he scored the open cup, but fair enough. But still, he yeah. hasn't scored. Yeah. Um, Garcia hasn't scored, and that's something we'll talk about later. Actually, because we got a little question about it. Sabo has scored, but is now irrelevant until the playoffs. Yeah, he's busy being Costa Rican. 
Plata has scored. Because he was with the Costa Rican national team. Not implying any sort of racism here. <laughs> Plata has scored and, and continues to score, I guess. Yeah, he's... he's. But Plata works... Plata's a great player. Yeah, but he's, he's not awesome. the type of player that can do it all by himself. No. He's the type of player that works great with somebody else who also, like Sabo, yeah. who can also score goals and also get assists. Do you think Sandoval will reach that point? This weekend? No. Eventually. Well, no, no, not this weekend. But, Eventually, but is sure. This, is he a player that will reach at least a, a similar level to a top MLS striker? Yes. I think he is capable of it. Um, I think he's got the tools, and I think he's got the... I mean, I'd, I'd hope he has the desire to. Um, oh, I don't think desire is a question with him. Yeah. I, I think he's got the tools to be one of the best strikers in the world. I was talking... In, in the, the world. world. Sorry, in MLS. Let me cool my jets here for a second. Um, he really should be playing in Italy by now. <laughs> I swear. No, I was talking um, to kind of go off track for just a second, if I may. <laughs> Well, I don't think we're allowed to go off track anymore. We've probably uh, exceeded our allocated time. Too bad. Um, yeah, that is too bad. Isn't so, it? when the U.S. was out, everybody was like, well, what's the 2018 roster going to look like? Which is the stupidest question you can possibly ask. I don't think... Or the stupidest article you could possibly write after the U.S. loses the World Cup. Like, immediately after the U.S. World yeah, Cup. Yeah, I think, I think the, the best articles like that are, who are players we should be looking out for? Well, see, and, and, and who are some of the people problem. we know about now? Here's the problem with that. All the articles that, that were written, pretty much every single article that I saw written by a major blogger, article writer, media person for MLS. Reporter? Reporter. Journalist? You could say that. Maybe. Columnist? Maybe those are words you would use. Uh, they were words I would use. Pretty much every single person that put out an, an article um, does it every four years. Yeah. Right? And every single article, they start off by saying, well, look how big of an idiot I was four years ago, but I'll get it right this time. No, you won't. You're just yeah. going to look like an idiot every four years. They That's put out an right. article, and the first half of it is just saying, well, these are all the players that I didn't get yeah. from 2014. And look, some of them aren't even playing soccer anymore. Some of them are playing in NASL. Some of them are struggling you know, to do whatever. Like, yeah. It's so stupid. And then they put out the players to watch. Which yeah. is which is nice, and generally speaking, they do a decent job of, of keeping an eye on players yeah, to watch. Even if they don't do a decent job, it doesn't pretend to be something it's not. Yeah, true. But even then, I mean, you get players like, I mean, I saw 2010 articles, articles written after the 2010 World Cup, that said, like, players to keep an eye on, like, one of them was, like, Eric Lehigh, who hasn't played for the U.S. in three years. He plays in Europe, though. Yeah, he plays in Europe. Good for him. Barely plays in Europe. You know what I mean? uh, yeah, and then I mean, there's just the, uh, one of them said, uh, "Keep an eye on uh, Mike uh, Grella, Greya, something like that." Yeah, he like plays for the Cosmos, like not often. They're a top tier American club. No, they're not. Oh, but it's just like those 2018 articles are stupid. Now, with that as a like prefacing what I'm about to say. Yeah. Oh no. I think player to watch would be Devin Sandoval. In four years, okay. he could be to that level. Do you think maybe not maybe not World Cup roster, but U.S. national on team the picture. Maybe a Gold Cup sort of player? Yeah. He, a, a player in the national team pool. I think he... That's how good I think he can be. Yeah. Definitely not there now. Like, not even close. Yeah. But 
But that's he has the potential, that potential I think he has. Okay. I don't think I disagree with that. Uh, I really like Devin Sandoval. Uh, one thing I think we keep forgetting, and that might explain to some extent his dip in form, uh, is that he's coming off of a, a pretty substantial foot injury. Yeah. Like, he's coming off of a broken foot. Yes. Uh, so so it's easy to criticize a player when we see them not playing well. Uh, but an injury like that takes some time to get back from. It does. And I, even so, even against um, New England, he was making the right moves. He was taking the right shots. I think he had two shots on goal. Something. Two or three. But, I mean, and they were not like, I mean, obviously if they were on goal, they were decent. But they were, he was getting himself in good positions. Yeah. Fighting for the ball. Um, you know, he, he's doing all the right stuff. He never stuff. gives up. He never surrenders. Goals will come for Devin Sandoval. But it is a concern that they aren't yet. By Grabthar's hammer, he will score a goal. Yes. Okay, so let's well, yeah, I, I think he starts and um, Plata also starts up front. I think that's probably what we're looking at. What do we see in the midfield? Do we see Ned Grabboy return? That's the raucous Sound applause. Of one person clapping. And Trevor meant to clap, but he forgot. Jason would be cheering louder than a bullhorn wielding construction worker if he were here. And I obviously quite like Ned Grabovoy. Uh, there is. I, I love just letting you go on those, like the, you're making it up as you go. Of course, and it's there, there's, obvious. And there, it's glorious. There is a distinct chance Ned could play. Uh, Ned could start. Okay, that's. I, I'm glad. Um, okay. So let's assume. I'm not going to count on it, but I'm not counting on it. But let's assume for a second that Ned does start. Who plays on the other side of the diamond? Gil. Why? Gil. I asked why, not <laughs> not what. He was pretty darned good. He's, he? he's been pretty darned good. Yeah. And his competition for that spot has not been pretty darned good. I'd say his competition for that spot now includes John Sturzer. Okay. Uh, who has had one good game under his belt. Let's let's be honest, he's not, like, torn everything apart. Yeah. Uh, in that good sense of tearing things up. I think... See, here's the thing. Maybe he doesn't... I don't think he competes with Gil for that spot. I think it puts him into the picture of competing for, like, the second spot. You know what I mean? Because the only... Really, the only reason he started that game was because Mulholland had a red card. If Mulholland was there, available for that game, maybe he starts, maybe he's on the bench. Yeah. And either way, Sturcher's out of the picture. Maybe. uh, But we'll notice that Cole Grossman did start... Or did was on the bench. Yeah, uh, Cole Grossman would have been a pretty natural option in that side of the diamond spot a year ago. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. It's interesting again, to me to see him adapting. I don't think adapting. Grossman is competing with Gill for that spot. No, I no. think it's at but this it, point, especially going off of what we've seen this season, it's pretty much Gill and Mulholland in or, that in a more attacking role in the yeah, diamond. Yeah. Um, or maybe Velasquez, but yeah, it depends on. Velasquez, well, for one, probably going to be injured or might be injured for this weekend. Yeah, I, I'm honestly Nobody sure. really knows for sure what's going on with Velasquez. And yeah. nobody really knows what's going on with Velasquez. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's injured. He's had his problems. He hasn't really come back from his problems 100%. Like, I mean, uh, he, yeah. he has... I mean, and maybe, maybe it's because he's been injured, but I would really have liked to see a player um, go through what he did and then come back 
two or three weeks later, playing for the team, playing his heart out, and playing really good soccer. Yeah. I know that he's capable of. We haven't seen him hardly at all since yeah, we saw him he's once. barely seen the field. Yeah. Yeah. As, you know, so he would be that type of player that would be competing for that spot, but right now he isn't. Yeah, I, th- I think that's so, hard to argue. Why? That's why. That's Gil's fair. been playing better. Okay, we've talked about set pieces. We've talked about the midfield. Let's talk about the defense, the other part of set pieces. Yes. Do we see any changes? I don't think we do. Uh, Tony Beltran will be back. Yes. Was back last game. Never mind. We'll be back again. Good for him. He's coming back twice. <laughs> he will continue to be back. Yeah. Um, the only change, and this is a what would Trevor do differently oh, no. moment. The only change Ooh, I would see... I'm ready for this. Balchin's not really available. No, he, he is injured. I would kind of like to see Mansali play more. Okay. I just... And maybe, again, maybe it's just my eyes watching the game. Wingert just has not too many turnovers, but he he has too many attacks. That the, team, the team is building up an attack, and he gives the ball away. Yeah. Just, just too many times for me. Uh, he he's definitely not naturally an attacking player. No, he he really isn't. And where like Monsali, I think, is a naturally is. attacking player. And Monsali has his faults. Oh, I don't think we'd ever pretend he doesn't. <laughs> but I think that Wingard's faults are starting to become a little bit more evident with him being asked to push forward more and play forward more. Yeah. I don't think he he's not the player that has the kind of recovery speed. No. Um, that is really necessary for a guy to go forward into the attack, make overlapping runs, and then get back on defense. And we've seen that. We've been ripped apart. Yeah. Um, goals have been scored. Plural, goals have been scored because Winger is not fast enough to get back. Well, and I think... And Mansali is. Yeah. And Balchin is. Balchin's yeah. injured, so, I mean, that's that's why I would like to see Mansali a little bit more. I'm not saying he should be starting at this point. I'm not saying oh, bench Winger, but I'm saying keep an eye on it. Because Winger has, for me, not been impressive going forward the yeah. last couple of games, and I, think I actually it's starting thought to he was okay against New England. He was okay, but it, again, he didn't have like a lot. Um, but he had a couple moments where he just played a ball that wasn't near anybody at all. Yeah. It, it wasn't like he tried to get a through ball and Plata just wasn't fast enough to get there, or the defense just cut it out. It was just a, a ball to nobody. Yeah. Through the, I mean, it's like a defense-splitting ball, but it ends up in the goalkeeper's arms because nobody's making the run. Yeah. It's not that nobody. It's not that people stopped making the run. It's just that nobody was there, and he just passes it to no one. And he does that not often, but maybe once or twice a game. Yeah. And it's frustrating. Uh, I understand the frustration, but at the same time, I think it's a lesser frustration than the one we get from Ansali sometimes. True. Who will get just caught wildly out of position at times. Uh, just kind of goes walkabout. True. Um, the one thing I would say about Monsali is that uh, for... I mean, he's, he's becoming a better defensive player. Uh, his defenses, defensive solidity since that sending off against Dallas last year, yes. uh, when he got sent off in the, what, the opening minutes, more or less... I wasn't that early. I uh, was within in the first half. 
Inside the first half. I thought it was like the 30th minute or something. But yeah. Uh, regardless, he, he has improved defensively. And I'm not as worried about having him play. He does have the recovery speed to pick, you know, to come back into position, and that does help. Um, but it's interesting to see him leading counterattacks more and more. Yeah. Uh, because he, he does have that speed, and he's a good attacking player. And it's really interesting to have that from the left-back spot. Yeah. Which is something that we haven't ever... I'm not going to say ever, but we haven't had for a long time. Yeah. Because Wingert's on that left-back spot. And yeah, I, He's but, not the guy that's going to lead a counter. Well, and your fullbacks well, are rarely the guys that are going to lead a counter. I think that's true. what makes Mansali unique in in MLS, actually. Yeah. Uh, you don't have many guys doing that. Uh, we're not a great counter-attacking league, really. Yeah, we've got great counter-attacking teams, though. Yeah, a couple, but... but I mean, in their prime, not this season, but last season, LA's up there with some of the best counter Oh, yeah, teams. well, and they've got, you know, two or three players who are going to basically run the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lana Donovan, Robbie Keane, two of the best counterattacking players the league has seen. Yes. So, I don't know. So, no, it's not a counterattacking league, but there are teams that are definitely capable of countering. Yeah, countering and I well. think we could become one of those. I would like that to be a tool in the belt. Yeah, I mean... I, mean, I, I don't want to be a counter-attacking team, because... Oh, no, no, not not a team that depends I, I don't, on I don't that. think we're I don't think we're built for it, but that's one thing that, going back to Christ's era, we refused to counter. Yeah. we. I mean, you'd get the ball wide open, and Plata would have everybody beat at the... You know, from midfield. And he'd be one-on-one, 30 yards out. And he would not counter. Yeah, and well, peel he, out wide and pass it back and, and play possession. To to some extent, that's Plata, uh, and he's improved on that this season. Well, I'm using Plata as an example. Yeah. Anytime we had any kind of counterattacking well, movement, anytime, but. oh, pretty much any time, under Christ, when we had a movement that could have produced a counterattack, rarely did it. Ninety percent of the time, it turned into playing possession and trying to just. Play their game, which was possession. And there's fine, and there's val- that is fine, and there's value in that, and I see the value. Yeah. I get it. But, but I would like to some I would like to sometimes take a one on one chance. Uh, we've you know seen I mean? we've seen Counter. that a lot better, a lot more this year. Yes, and that's one of the things that I really, really liked this season over last season. Uh, and I'm gonna go all Euro snob on on this okay. very quick very briefly, but but to look at say the Arsenal side of 2002 to 2005 when they were at their best. You've lost me. Go ahead. Uh, I, I, I hate to take this route, but but they were a good possession side and a great counterattacking side. Yeah. And they had great possession players, uh, but they also used that to to its fullest extent. Yeah. So, uh, it's, uh, it's relevant because Thierry Henry plays in MLS. Oh. And, and he was sort of the perfect player for that. Okay. Now we don't have a player like that, and I think you we don't. That's right. To to play both of them really really well, you need a really uh, a pacey striker who is also good with the ball at his feet, uh, in possession. Got uh, at least one of those. We've got Sabo. I, I was going to say Plata. And I, I Sabo think, is definitely a lot faster than he gets credit for. Uh, Plata, I think, for me is is his acceleration is actually his greatest quality, not his pace. Okay. Uh, I, I think he actually struggles sometimes for pace, uh, compared to like the fastest, you know, center backs. 
He can beat them in acceleration, no problem. Uh, but when it comes to a foot race, he'll he will probably lose that. And I think act- that that's fine because he his best runs come when we're in possession. Yes. Uh, when when he has to make like a ten yard run, a ten yard diagonal run, receives the ball. I think that's actually his best role. So yeah, fair uh, it, I'll give it's that. not something that hurts us. It's it's not a genuine gripe about the player. It's just yes. my unwieldy perception. Okay. Uh, last thing about lineup: Do we think Nick Romano starts? Yes. Why wouldn't he? Uh, he hasn't been in training for most of the week. He, I believe, he was back today. I'm not worried about it. I'm not either. <laughs> just just asking the question. I think um, I feel like. There's a human aspect to Jeff Kassar that we might not have seen as much with with Jason the Jason Christ bot. Yeah, like I yeah, because to me I can see Ramondo being out for a couple days or missing training just to spend time with his family. He just got back from the World Cup. He's a huge family guy. He loves his family. Maybe yeah. give him two or three days at the beginning of the week to yeah. miss training just to be with your family. And you know I, mean? I think it's it's good for his health long term too. Yeah, so. exactly. And that, I don't know that. Like, I'm not reporting that that's why. Oh no, of course not. Ramondo was not there, but, but I, I it would seems I would feasible. bet money that it's more that than say like an injury concern or anything. Yeah, I don't think it's an injury concern. Yeah. It's just, and it may just be mental, you know, mentally getting back into the routine of playing once a week. Yeah. Uh, and not helping to prepare your team to play every three days. Yeah. So. So, yeah. No, Armando starts. I don't think there's really any question about it. Okay. I, th- I, I think I'm with you on that. Any surprises in the lineup? For us? Yeah. See, here's the thing. Every week, I think I've got the lineup pretty well sorted. I, I Like like this week, I'm, I'm pretty confident that we nailed it. Yeah. With our starting 11. But it seems like every week, there's some kind of goofy surprise. Yeah, and I... It, it's like, been like really maybe, interesting. Maybe it's Finley and Sandoval that starts. Yeah. Or maybe, why not? We see Finley and, and Plata. Or we see, like, one striker. Or three strikers. Well, or... that's the thing. Like, maybe, but why, maybe. Would we, why would we see that? Well, it's happened. That's, that, that's all I'm saying. Is yeah, yeah, There's been that element of unpredictability but, this season. Under Jason Christ, we could reliably pr- predict the lineup every week. There might be a single surprise. Yeah. Jeff Kassar has uh, proved a more surprising manager in that respect. Yes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm like 100% confident on the lineup, but I, yeah. Yeah? I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we'll see any surprises. I don't see any reason why we would see a surprise. I think that's fair. Okay. I think somebody was talking recently. I don't remember how recently, but somebody was talking about Maybe we got to change the formation or do something with the formation to to figure out what the team is doing wrong, like during the middle of that that run. But I think now that Beckerman's back, like that problem solved. Like we're not talking about that anymore. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, that, for that's me, the, that's the only chance I could see at like a surprise lineup is if Christ was going to try a Kassar? new formation. Yeah, sorry, that Kassar was going to try like a new formation with the team, but I don't think that's a concern anymore. Um. Uh, I'm going to use an awful metaphor here. Okay. Uh, but if a broken clock is right two times a day, or one time a day if it's a 24-hour clock, uh, a correct clock can be wrong when the batteries need changing. And maybe that's all we, Maybe that's all it was. Yeah. Like an unbroken clock that just needs new batteries put in it. That was a pretty bad metaphor. 
it, it worked. It worked. Yeah. See, uh, here at Off the Crossbar, we excel at bad metaphors that just kind of work. Almost. Squeak by. Yeah. Uh, any surprises for LA? We know they don't have Samuel. He oh, is that wasn't a Gonzo. Well, that no, but he's gone. He's just gone. Yeah, but I mean, um, he we saw him at the beginning of the season. Played for LA for what eight or nine games yet? Yeah, probably since they played us last. Hang on, they've only played like eight or nine games this season. So. They played eleven or twelve. <laughs> okay, we played like seven. Or no, fourteen. Fourteen. They played fourteen. Well, we played like seventeen or eighteen. Same. Anyway, the point is they haven't played that many. Years. We're at the halfway point. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. Halfway through this glorious MLS season. Um. Yeah. So Samuel's gone. Good, because f word that guy. Word. Um, do we see Gyasi Zardes? Uh, of course we do. I think he's pretty well worked himself into that starting lineup. Yeah, he's scoring goals. Aren't you happy, Trevor? I'm not happy. He's your favorite player. No, I mean, it. It's about time I get over it. Yeah, probably. Because he, he's he's been a professional now. For, is this second season or third? Yeah, it's, it's his, his second. I think it's his either second or third season as okay. a professional in America. Well, I was just. The reason I don't like Giassi Zardes and the reason I need to get over it is kind of one of the same. Just when he was signed, everybody was like, oh my goodness, they they tricked the system. Like, he's a homegrown player, but he was going to be like a number one draft pick and he's the best goal scorer that we've seen in college in years. And just everybody was so high on him. Yeah. And anytime you see a player like that, that, let's be honest, nobody's watched outside of a couple of people in Southern California. Will Parchman, I'm sure, had watched him. Will Parchman, I'm sure, watched him. And knew what he was talking about. But, I mean, you get all these national media members and, and people who just, I mean, he, where was he playing? He was playing at UC Santa Barbara, I think. Yeah, and the Gauchos? Something like that. Or are they the Banana Slugs? I don't know. He, he oh, no, that's UC Santa Cruz, so it's Banana Slugs. <laughs> he was playing at some college down in Southern California. And nobody's watched him. You know what I mean? But everybody's like, oh yeah, Jossie's Zardes is a 20-goal-a-year scorer in MLS. Absolutely. At any time that kind of hype comes out about a player that you just know, know a lot of people that are hyping him, genuinely haven't seen him play, I like seeing those people fail and seeing those people wrong. <laughs> and maybe that's a little, like, whatever. Yeah. but It's classic Trevor Brady, that's for sure. <laughs> so for the first year... I was excited when he was terrible. Because he was. He was just not good at all. But this year he's definitely improved. His finishing, which was the problem last year, is much better. Yeah. Um, still not like a top level striker, but he's definitely a, a player to, to be fearful of, I guess. Yeah. So I think we see Zardes. And I think Zardes will probably play pretty well. On the right right flank, is he? Did he play it on the left? Yeah, the same thing. No. Oh. They're different. Regardless, uh, wherever he's playing, it will open up space for us in the midfield. It will. And that's something but to think about. But we will also stretch our defense. Yeah. And open up space for, say, Landon Donovan or Robbie Keane. Nah. Who will also be opening up the defense. Yeah. Oh. So, I was but, feeling I mean, really we, good about this match until just now, Trevor. Thank no, you very much. No, come on. Much. They've been terrible all year. That's true, but... Form goes out the window in these hotly contested rivalry matches. Okay, well that's our preview. We have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, that's... that's <laughs> it's a rivalry match, so we can't preview it. I don't know. 
Uh, to, to be fair, uh, I'm not sure we've done a great job previewing it anyway. No, we really haven't. <laughs> Jason, we need you back. We, we have said things that everybody already knows. Yeah. Donovan's probably going to play. Keen's probably going to play. Jossie's artist is probably going to play. Samuel's not. Yeah. Samuel's not. Um, Josh Saunders won't. Josh Saunders won't because he's not with the team anymore and hasn't been since 2012. But right. it does give us an opportunity to talk about him a tiny bit because he's just gone to New York City FC. Uh, is on loan to San Antonio, I believe, until then? Yes. Until they come into MLS. Well, <laughs> till the end of this season. So just worth touching on, uh, the first of our former players to have joined Jason Christ in New York. And the last of the players that Jason Christ cut to be signed to another team. We never cut him. We waived him. Uh, I think his we we he, did he was, we released he was one of the four players that we released. We released him at the end of the season, but I don't know. I think that may have just been down to injury. I think he, that he wasn't on the roster. Yeah. So it was a very it was a strange situation. It was a little bit, but no, didn't we? It was an option year for him, and we just didn't pick up his option. Wasn't that it? Something. Yeah. It was, anyway, it was really was, strange. There was four players. Um, and he was the last one to be signed. Yeah. Anyway, uh, good for him. Glad he's going to be, you know... <laughs> I, I was going to go off on the four players, but then never mind. Yeah, yeah, no reason. We love you too. Um, so, just something to think about. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. <laughs> let's we take a break. Will, we've That's got a little topic to talk about. We're going to talk about... Li- we're going to answer some listener questions. And then we'll free you from the bonds of podcast listening. Hooray! Stop swiping. We're uh, <laughs> we're gonna get in trouble with the Tinder police. I'm even on Tinder right now. That's remarkable. You need to make me That's clear. the most surprising thing I've heard all day. I am on Instagram. That's like is... the time Jeff Kassar started. Uh, Rich Balchin instead of Tony Beltran. It was an injury thing, though. So it's not like that at all? No, not really. <laughs> so, we thought we'd talk about uh, signings. Because... Possible signings. Possible, possible signings. We don't and, really have signings. And whether discuss. we need to sign somebody or not. Is this a listener question, or is this just a general talking point? This is a general talking point that's been, I think, kind of bubbling up a little bit, and it's good to talk about. Okay. Uh, the people want to know. Also, yes. I want to know, and I think you want to know, too. So, we want to know, why are we giving the people information? Well, we're not giving information, we're talking about it. We're, we're starting the conversation. <laughs> we're, we're exploring. Okay, I got you. Alright, so, so explore. First things first, uh, we do have a player in on trial. Ooh. Former first round da- draft pick. Sixth in, overall. Sixth overall. Like two years ago, sixth overall. So. And San Jose Earthquakes never played guy, Sam Garza. That's not true. Oh, he he not never played. played. It was He played, I think, a grand total of like 250 minutes in two and a half years. Yeah, no, he didn't play a lot. Like, yeah. let's, let's make sure that's clear. I but wasn't being literal. I think he played... He metaphorically did never, ever played. Less than 15 appearances, I think. Oh, yeah, he, he literally had less than 250 minutes. Yeah. 
His first season, he had 109 minutes. Uh, he had fewer the next season. That sounds about right. Uh, funny story, he still played more than Enzo Martinez. <laughs> uh, who was picked, what, like 15-something, 16? I thought he was 18th or something. I don't think we went that high in the draft. I think we're in the draft. We, I don't think we picked at that position in the draft. Yeah, it was it was before twenty and after thirteen. We'll say yeah. Um, so it, it just interesting to see another member of that draft class kind of fall into us, maybe potentially. Yeah. Um, he uh, might have been played out of position at San Jose. That's something Jeff Casar has actually that's, said in interviews. That's Jeff Casar's opinion. Um, and that might be the player's opinion too. Maybe, yeah. I mean, it, it could be. Um, the position that he was playing was one of more of a winger yeah. type type position. Um, not really a out and out striker like a Alan Gordon, Stephen Lennart. Yeah, well, in San Jose, Chris like, Wando, the, their strikers are of a different sort than our strikers here. Yes, uh, for sure. Plain and simple, they, their system does not. You, I don't think a, a, like a Joe Plata would actually work in San Jose. No, he wouldn't. Um, which is not to say that Sam Garza is a Joao Plata because no, no, he's definitely not. Um, he's definitely probably not. I did do a search today for for his name for his name on MLS Soccer to try to see if I could get like videos of maybe goals that he scored or something like that. He hasn't like scored that. any goals. Hasn't scored any goals. He does have um, a single assist to his name. He does have two clips that I found. I searched through. I just did like Sam Garza, and then went through like the first three pages because I hate the search on MLSsoccer.com. Yeah, as a web developer, I can agree. Pretty much garbage. Yeah. But anyway, I pulled up like three videos, and two of them were pretty bad. The third was not that great. What, that, what that's do you mean, my scouting. Bad? That's my scouting like report. Like, he on was Sam bad? Garza. The video like, was no, bad? No, he was bad. He was not good. He had um, one in particular that actually, um, some people may remember this. They were playing against uh, Columbus Crew, and Garza got the ball on the right, and he had Wando making a run down the left. Um, both of them had beaten the defense, or beat their defenders anyway. Uh, Sam decided to take a shot, tried to curl it far post. With his right foot from the right-hand side, which is a little bit weird way to do it. But anyway, tried to curl at far post, missed far post, missed Wando, and Wando freaked out. Just started screaming and yelling at Garza. You could, couldn't could hear what he was saying, but you, you could see that. that it was not polite. Um, anyway, a big stink was raised by a bunch of people because it was on camera and everything. And everybody's like, oh, Wando's an a-hole. Getting Maybe. mad at this rookie. And everybody, like... They wrote articles. It was like, no, he's not. He's just upset. He's a competitive player. That's what happens. Yeah. Anyway, that happened. That was Sam Garza being terrible. And then... I don't know. You want a player that's willing to take shots on, though, even when another okay, player Okay, but you is... want him to put it on frame when he's... Oh, yeah, of course. He, he was like 10 yards out. Oh, so he even had that vital fact. Sorry. He was like 10 yards out and had the entire goal to shoot at. Wasn't like being pressured by anybody. He just missed. Yeah. And then... That's a rookie move. Yeah. It, I mean, fair enough. It's a rookie move, but you still, like... I mean, if it's you went... It's not good. If you went through an, any number of our players and, and just only had, like, a couple highlights to pick from, and they were 
frankly, you could compile far worse from our players. Maybe, but anyway, it's not uh, encouraging. It's, no, it's, and I'm not really high on the Samgar's idea. I, I'm indifferent on it. I don't uh, think he's the solution to whatever problem there may be. I don't. I don't think he's being proposed as any solution. I, he's uh, not really an option that I would entertain. What it is for me. Uh, so, so to preface, uh, I think playing under Frank Yallop as a rookie uh, is maybe, a bad move in general. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe one with fragile confidence. Maybe one that didn't react well. Uh, you need a coach that can guide you along. And so often at these teams that pick in the lowest spots, they're not at those teams. Like, the yeah. coaches who can guide, guide along young players and get them playing well typically pick later in the draft because their teams play better. And it's kind yeah. of a cruel move to these really talented, hot prospects to, to say, all right, here you go. Here's Peter Novak. And clearly it's not Peter Novak. Thank but, goodness that's not the case. Here's anymore. Frank Yallop. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's an interesting scenario. Um, it is, and he may not have been like the best self guided player. He may not have been like the right fit. There are a number of things. Jeff Cassard does have experience with him. Uh, coached well, him in ODP, so he you has. You say that he has experience with well, him. Well, personal he, experience. Uh, so so fine, but that was still almost ten years ago. Yeah, it's just worth noting. Yeah, like it's, he, it doesn't mean like oh they're going to get along famously and you know Jeff's going to pick him over everyone else. And, yeah, like it doesn't indicate both of their careers have gone on, gone on, and they've they've moved on from the point where they were ten years ago to completely different positions. Yeah. So, I I mean it's 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 an it's interesting nice, talking point. Yeah, it's nice that they've like met each other, shook hands before, but it's, well, I mean he it's, coached them, so it, it's a, it's more than just shaking hands. Anymore. I know, but ten years ago, like yeah. he, he was fourteen when he was coached by Kassar. Yeah. It's how many, how many coaches? How many coaches has he had in that time? Probably quite a few. Yeah. Uh, so, but I, I mean, it does make an impression. It that. does. I'm, I'm not trying to say that it's completely irrelevant, but it's. I can't imagine that it's. I can't imagine Sam Garza got a call and said, "Oh, Jeff Kassar, I'm so happy that you want me to come on trial because I loved playing for you when I was 14 years old." Yeah. No, I don't think that's no, the case. No, I'm, I'm certain it's not. I think it's it would be a case of Ray Salt Lake is willing to take a look at me. I'm getting on a plane. Yeah, I think it was Kassar said, "Oh, Sam Garza, that name sounds familiar." Yeah, where did I, where have I seen that? Well, I, I think. Oh yeah, ten he, years ago, he's a player RSL was hot on, on in the draft too. In well, 2012. Yeah. I mean, obviously he was not in oh. a position we could pick him in. So was everybody. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, like they're, they're everybody's hot on the number six pick. Yeah, there are reasons Except as players for teams one through five. Yeah, um, but there are reasons like he's being looked at. Yeah, it's not a total mystery. No, it, it's not. But up to this point, his career has been maybe not disappointing, but not really exciting. No, not much to note. Uh, that's what happens when you go to San Jose. Like three players are like get a, exciting looks at San Jose. Stephen Betashore, Chris Wondolowski, and maybe Stephen Lenhart. Stephen Betashore's not there anymore. Where'd he go? Vancouver. Did he get called up to Iran while with San Jose? Uh, I think he might have once. That's my point. Thanks. <laughs> I hope they could hear it. But he went to the World Cup with Vancouver. Yeah, alright. Vancouver went to the World Cup? 
no, no. Did he, they split off from with uh, Vancouver the British Columbia national team when he went to I to the World Cup with Iran? I, I know. He didn't play at all in the World Cup. Yeah, which is kind of a bummer. But uh, Iran probably would not have looked much worse with him. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Uh, we may end up signing Sam Garza. We may not. For me, it's not a solution to the Sabario absence. What it would be is a player... Uh, one, we've sent Benji Lopez on loan uh, for the entire season, even if that arrangement does involve him coming back for reserve games. Uh, which it does, which is crazy to me, but... Especially because uh, some of those are in USL Pro. Yeah. Um, so he's basically playing for two teams in USL Pro. Two teams in... Kind of. <laughs> it's a strange arrangement. Anyway. Um, but that leaves us with with uh, Sandoval, Findlay, Plata, Garcia. Findlay has been injury prone. Uh, uh, I'm not uh, going to say injury prone. He's been injured. He's been he's been injured for a significant amount of time since we re-signed him. Yes. Now I think he's still a good player. He can still make a good impact with us, and I would advocate keeping him. Yes. Um, well, we're not advocating losing anybody, are we? No, no. Uh, but it does present an opportunity for another striker to come in uh, and and battle for maybe that spot on the bench. Because as long as we're playing two strikers, uh, we'll want at least one striker on the bench, maybe two. If Robbie Findlay can't consistently do that, uh, we it would you know behoove us to to look at another option. Uh, because Benji Lopez, even if he was here, wouldn't be that. But it does open up a little roster space for us. So we've got we've got four forwards right now, right? Uh, yes. Like available for first team selection. Yeah. So Sam Garza would make five. Yep. And he would probably take the fifth spot on the death chart. Probably. Maybe fourth. Yeah. Uh, probably, probably not, though. Not. No. Yeah. I. Mm. I mean, it's it's not like an exciting move. It's not like a. This isn't going to be like anything that changes the dyna- the dynamic of the team, uh, but it's just a smart depth move, I think, if you were to sign. Okay. Uh, and that would be all it would be, is if we have to play him, he's still a better option than 2011 Arturo Agassian was. <laughs> I mean, who was... Uh, yeah. Yeah, he, was, he, he probably would be. Uh, probably would be better than old Arturo who played what? Two matches? In two I, matches. I think he made he might have made three appearances, but yeah, wow. he also played less than probably sixty minutes total. Oh, easily. Uh, and, and on the face of it, that was sixty minutes too many. Yeah, <laughs> not great. He was not a good player. That's what you get for being uh, Yuramovsisian's cousin, though. You get a chance. Yeah, you get a shot. Which was probably one of the stranger moves we've made. Recently, for sure. Yeah, I mean, since, <laughs> yeah, 2011 forward. Yeah, well, I mean, I would say you got to go back to like 2005, 2006. I years. discount anything done under that okay. John Ellinger guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, that he just, just no. Okay, fair enough. I got you. Okay, so so is that addressed? Yeah. Those do are the major we, talking points. Do we want to sign a forward? I don't. Personally. Do you want to justify that? I think that we've got... I mean... I think that we have forwards. I think that we have capable forwards. I think that... Worst case... I'm sure there's 
something somewhere that says we can call Benji back if we need him, right, for first team? Uh, probably, but I don't... I mean, given he's not looked good for the reserves, I don't think we would. Fair uh, enough. I, I don't think we're in the position where, we, where we're like, oh, guys, we definitely need a fifth striker. You know what I mean? We need... I mean, that, that would be the guy that doesn't make the bench. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just... I don't... If, if we were down one more, I could see the concern and I could see why we would want to do that. But, I mean, if we do sign him, for me, it's got to be on, like, the rest of this season and an option for next season. And that's yeah. that's the longest you give him. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't think there's any... You don't any, pay him a whole lot of money. No. You know no, I mean? we'd probably pay him the minimum uh, given his... Uh, well... I don't know if we pay him the minimum or you know the league minimum or the minimum for like the second tier because they break it up strangely. But it would yeah. be like thirty six to forty thousand uh, with with basically like a half cap hit well, uh, because we was, signed him after a waived, So we would if he's waived, we just pick up the contract that San Jose already had, don't we? No, not if he's waived uh, after a certain point. They they go through like a small draft period of, of like two days, I think. Uh, where you can make, where you can pick up a player off of waivers, but once he passes through waivers, uh, then he's just an MLS player, uh, or an out, out of contract. Yeah, player. and we would be uh, we would be eligible to sign him on a new contract. Okay, and the the cap hit would basically be half of what it, of his contract. Well, his cap is going to be like peanuts. Anyway. Yeah, it would be like twenty thousand maybe if we were on a forty thousand dollar contract. Yeah, which is which is nothing. Which is probably about all we have space for. Yeah, so I, I don't see where it makes a lot of sense to sign Sam Garza. I and Personally, I, I'm going to disagree that it may. I think it makes sense, uh, but in a limited, in a limited aspect, I guess. Okay. So let's move on to listener questions. I think we've exhausted the topic. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. We have three today. Now that, now that we've talked about it... None of these are about Neds. He's going to be sent home for a while. Or he's going to sign. Well, yeah, one of the two. No, yeah. we've been like, no, I, let's not do it. He's either going to sign, or we're going to have spent the last 20 minutes talking about him, and he's going to be sent home tomorrow. I think what it... it it's still an interesting conversation to have. Uh, I, because it, it's good to talk about the prospects we have, and if we need somebody, and what sort of player would help us. Here's, here's the other side of the coin. If we can just go back to it. Hold off questions for a second. Yeah. Does it work for Sam Garza coming here to RSL to be the fifth person that doesn't make the bench? Because Sam Garza is the type of player that probably could get picked up by an NASL team. Maybe not be starting right away by an NASL team, but he's the type of player that could probably make more in NASL. Probably. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean... That, that's, that's the other side of it. Yeah. Is Rail Salt like a good fit for him? Financially and career-wise, uh, financially, it's probably a non-issue. Uh, yeah, housing vehicle—that's the you know a basic stipend taken care of, I imagine. Sure. Uh, but I mean, is is he the kind of guy that's going to go in and say, "Yeah, I'll gladly take league minimum"? I don't know. For a year, and then I'll have to go find another team. Yeah, unless he tastes it up, or I, I think oh, the okay. experience—we have a good coaching staff. Uh, I I think we have one of the best coaching staffs in the league right now. Uh, They all have head coaching experience. Yes. uh, uh, Except Jeff Kassar prior to this year. Um, They all... 
it just seems like a good setup to be a part of. Uh, yeah. As a young player, no, looking gonna... to kind of get his his feet uh, maybe wet in games sometimes. Uh, not be playing and basically for the most desperately playing team in the league. To be yeah. like with a side where you can play for the reserves and like they're going to actually try to play you the ball. Yeah. Makes a difference. It does, but anyway. I'm... So I think developmentally, like this is a good club to be at. Uh, but it's always down to the player. I just don't see it being a fantastic fit for either side. Hmm. But that's we'll me. see. I've been wrong before. We'll see. Just a couple anyway. times. <laughs> Listen to your questions. Let's be honest. <laughs> Listener questions. Okay. One, Charles Barnard, friend of the podcast, asks, just because I love you guys, do you think the team will bring anyone in during the transfer window? No. Maybe. That's my answer. Maybe. Okay. Here, let me follow up on that question. Okay. If we bring somebody in, assuming that the team is actively looking for somebody. And let's say it's not Sam Garza, because we that, talked that's, about that's that plenty. That's the question. Do they bring in somebody other than Sam Garza? Yeah, I think there are a lot of options out there. Um, maybe we look at a, like an NASL player. Maybe we look at a USL Pro player. Maybe we look at an Academy player. Uh, I think we could use a little bit of help in the midfield. I think of, of all our positions, midfield is the one where we could use the signing the most. Okay. So um, I, I don't amend my answer then. Okay. With, with those... Those considerations. No, I think we're kind of at the point where somebody has to leave, like permanently, from the team before we bring somebody else in. Um, I, we're on, we, we've only got 28 players, right? Only got 28. Uh, last year we carried 30, and I think it was actually the best roster we've had. Uh, yeah. We didn't, like, injuries hurt us a, you know, a fair amount, uh, but we were never in a position where we had to put two goalkeepers on the bench. I don't think we've ever done that, actually. Oh, we may have at some point, but in the last three years. I'm sure we have. In the modern Real Salt Lake era. Yeah. The uh, post-lowercase e era. It's a good yes. era. But no, I, I don't... The, the team just doesn't seem like they're looking for a signing. team seems like they're happy with the players that they have. Except yeah. for maybe one or two in particular. Yep. And one of those has already been sent on loan to a different team. Yep. So... It'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I, th- I th- we, we left space to sign a player if we needed to. Yeah. Um, not a big player by any means, but a player. So, so they had an eye to this at the beginning of the season. Um, toward signing, you know, potentially signing uh, a, you know, a low cap hit player. If we sign somebody... Yeah. It's going to be a player that nobody knows. Like Sam Garza, who everybody had forgotten. We're only talking about him because he's on trial. Yeah. So. But, okay, so put it this way. If we do sign somebody, that's not really somebody that we're going to be super excited about. No, that's true. So. Well, I, I still a, don't think we sign anybody. But. I will be excited. Well, okay. That, that's, You're I, always excited, though. Yeah, so. that's true. I just love signings. They're fun. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Second question. Ryan Terry, friend of the podcast, asks, and I'm going to word it uh, in a word way that... Word it better than Ryan. In the question. We love you, Ryan. <laughs> I love you, at least. I don't know about Trevor. Some of us love you, Ryan. 
Okay, there's um, at least two people here that love you. So. Wh- <laughs> What's our take on Olmes this year? Uh, his spark seems to be missing. How does that? How does that change? Does it? How, how does the spark change? Yeah. How does How does he get that spark back? I point. think he just needs to score a goal. Honestly. Yeah. I think once he scores one, maybe two. Was he on the? He wasn't on the field when we had the penalty kicks, right? No. I think if he's on the field next time we have a penalty kick, he's the next person up. Uh, and I, I don't really... As long as it's not vital. Uh, Javi's maybe. going to take a vital penalty yeah. kick. That's... He, there's the... Um, it's kind of cliche, but a lot of people, like if strikers are out of form or haven't scored a goal in four or five or six games, there's... A, a 15 bel- games or 20 games or less. In Olmaz's case. There's a belief that just getting on the score sheet helps build your confidence, and a penalty is a great way to do that. And while I don't truly ascribe to that line of thinking, I do think that Olmez just needs to see a result. Yeah. And I don't think Olmez cares how he gets that result. Yeah. I think it's, at this point, it is just kind of a mental thing for him. He needs to see a result either in the assist column for him or in the goal column. And I think that's what will really get that spark back. I think he's going to play the way he has been all year, which has basically just been a workhorse doing the right things, but not really, just not getting the goal. Yeah. I think once he gets the goal, we'll see the old Olmez, or the Olmez of last year. I think we'll see a better Olmez. I do think he's better. I think he's better than last year. Last year. In some ways, I was not in the goal scoring column, but I I think. His movement's better. Uh, he makes smarter decisions. He gets back and helps a little bit in defense better. Uh, he, he's a, not necessarily a two-way player, uh, but he's just better in general. Yeah. Now, better in goal scoring? No. Uh, his spark? But yeah, it does seem to be missing right now. He's a lot of times seems to be getting himself into better positions. Yeah. And his last few matches, I think he's made good runs. He has. Uh, well, no. we say last few matches. He hasn't played in a couple of games, has he? He didn't play last game. He did play against Chivas. I thought he made some good runs. Okay. Um, now, we had substantial problems in that match. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Olmes was one of them. No. Um, and that's the thing. I don't think Olmes has really been the problem yeah. in games that he's been in. So, to his credit, I think he is playing well. I think he's playing acceptably, at least. I don't think he... I think Ryan's right. I think he had a spark last year that he doesn't have this year. Yeah, I think that's indisputable. I, I don't... Like, I'm, I'm not the coach. I don't know how you get the spark back into a player. But I think scoring a goal will help tremendously for him. Yep. Okay, last question. He's got to get that smile back on his face. Yeah. Is what needs to happen. He does. He has a great smile. Oh, yeah. He's a hunk. <laughs> he's not as hunky as Nick Rappaport, but he's a hunk. Okay. Uh, all right, so last question. Paul Olsen asks, Team Luis or Team Luke? Assuming both are, ni- are assuming both are full 90 fit. Go. Yep, Team Luis for me. Uh, and well, that, hang on. That comes as no surprise, I think, on this podcast. We've been critical of Luke Mulholland. We haven't really... It's a, it's a little bit harder of a question. If you say that they're both 90 minutes fit and they're both playing 90 minutes, which, to be fair, neither of them have really been 90 minutes fit all season. Luis has been close. Closer than Luke, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but I... I mean, if you got two halves out of Luke Mulholland, if you, if you got 
two full good halves, I think he might be a better player than Gill. I think it's possible. But the, the problem with Luke, and it's what we've been saying, what you were about to say, I think, Probably. is that he's not 90 minutes fit. Like, flat it's out. not even 90 minutes fit. It's, it just seems to be a mentality thing. He, for me, he's great. In small bursts, and or generally for like a half. Yeah. If he's good for the first forty-five minutes, you can almost bank on him not being that great for the second half. Unless he makes it past that second win point after like eighty-five minutes. But he doesn't really. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, we pull him because we need a player making an impact there. Yeah. So that that's the twist. If he is full ninety minutes fit, maybe. See, that, I that's that's I the only time like, I can see. Get, uh, a case being made for Luke. Yeah. But fact is, he isn't. Yeah. And we haven't seen a full ninety, Luke. So yeah. it's it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to gauge that. We've seen a full ninety, Luis. I think we saw that a lot last season. Oh yeah, no, we definitely did. And I really like full ninety, Luis. I think he's, he's not. He's not the. He's definitely a different type of player. Yeah. From Luke Mahone. Oh yeah. Um. He's going to be a more connected player. He's going to run up players more. Yes. And I, I don't know what it is about players like Luke Mulholland. I think it's just, like from a fan standpoint, honestly I think if he didn't get that goal waved off against L.A. and if he didn't then get a goal the next game, I don't think we'd be anywhere near as high on him as we are. Hmm. I think it is just kind of that first impression yeah, that's really lasting with a lot of people, and there's there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's not the it's not wrong, and I'm not criticizing people for liking Luke Mulholland because he had a great first couple of games with us. There's there's nothing wrong. He did have a great first couple of yeah, games, and, and that's he, fantastic. And he's still scoring goals. And yeah, he is absolutely, and that's good. But I, it's just something about that type of player for me always makes me a little bit tentative, and maybe it's just I'm looking for his mistakes. Yeah, more because I'm got to balance out the the kind of first impression. And maybe, again, maybe that's just me, how I look at players. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, full 90-minute fit, maybe i take Luke. I'd, I'd but take I'd have Louis, to see a full 90-minute fit Luke for more than one or two games before that. Because yeah. I I really like Gil. I'm, I'm a little hard on Gil sometimes. I think Gil can be better than oh, he's yeah. been. Especially the middle part of last season. When he came out and said, I'm, I'm working on defense more, Yeah, there was there was a notable drop-off in his production, anyway. Inevitably. And his goal scoring. And that was just because he was working on being a better defender in the midfield. Yeah. And we've seen that this year. Yeah. And we saw it last year, too. He's much better defensively in the midfield, and he's just a much better all-around player. And, yeah, I hesitate to not pick Gill yeah. for that one. For that reason, I just think all around he's a better player. I agree. Uh, Luke is an interesting case for me because I'm not sure he... So let's say we have two distinct roles in the midfield uh, on the side of the diamond. We have the more Ned Gravavoy approach, uh, who's going to be a little more connective, uh, not going to be running at players as much, going to sit a little deeper. Generally, yeah. Just generally keeping possession, keeping defensively smart positions. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, we have more of a Louis Skill approach. He's going to be more attacking. He's going to run at players. He's going to make good runs from the midfield. 
Now, Gravelboy yes. will obviously make good runs. He will get involved in the attack. That's also part of the role. But yeah, it, it's, it's it, it goes both ways, bit. but one is obviously more offensive, one is obviously more defensive. So, I mean, just like with Luke, or Luke, uh, Luis, oftentimes he will just be that kind of connective tissue in the midfield. Kind of sit back, play a little bit of defense, just keep yeah. possession, pass it around. I mean, they, they both have similar roles, but the I, important bit is... Luis is more offensive. Ned would be more defensive. Yeah, generally speaking, Luke I think sits between the two in in terms of ability and playing style right now. Uh, he lacks a definitive voice in that midfield, and I, I think that that's not to his benefit. Uh, he needs to become a more specialized. And this isn't a criticism of how he's played to this point, but but to really succeed, I think he needs to. Find its niche and really capitalize on that. It's exactly what every great player in the diamond has done. Andy Williams adapted really well to the diamond. Yes. Will Johnson, great diamond player. Maybe not to his best. You know, maybe not his best role, uh, but he, he played the role very, very well. Yeah. He did. Uh, Ned Grabovoy, great diamond player. Um, Louis Skill, good diamond player, not great yet. Getting better. Uh, Luke Always Mulholland, um, not there yet. No. He he gets in really wide positions unnecessarily sometimes. He doesn't... Uh, I mean, it's his first half season in the Diamond, and it's not an easy thing. So No, it's it's not. Um, yeah. So, that's my take. And I think I think that's probably about it. I think we... Yeah. Think Trevor, we, you want to play Nader Cole? No. Why not? <laughs> Just ask me one. Just one. For old time's sake. One netter call. One netter call. Um, are you, you going to try to trick me into saying call? No, I'm just trying to think of a question at this point. No. Um, who, if they were given the task... This one's kind of right up your alley. Alright. I think you'll like this one. Alright. If they were given, given the task to, on their own time... Okay. And at their own pace. Okay. Watch the entire Star Trek catalog. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm, all of them. Deep Space Nine, Next Generation, all the movies. Animated series? We'll leave the animated series out. Okay. It's it's technically not part of canon. Okay. Gene Roddenberry did strike that from canon, so. <laughs> Starting at the same time, who finishes first? Ned. Why? Uh, because he's cooler. Ned has a family. Yeah, uh, he needs something to do while he holds the the twins. Cole is single. So if if they're given the yeah, task, Cole's on the prowl. If they're given the task, he wants to go find an attractive young lady. Fair enough. But if they're given the task, one of you like it's a race, right? Oh, it's but yeah, yeah. That, but they that, have to go at their who, own pace. Who who wins the race? But they also have to, like, lead their own life. Like, they can't just be like, alright, forget family, forget pursuing girlfriends until this is done. Like, they're generally doing their own thing, but in the back of their mind, they know that they're competing with each other. Ned. Still think Ned? Yeah. You think he finds the time? I think he he has the time already, because when you've got babies, you can watch TV while you take care of them, right? don't think you've ever had a child, have you? <laughs> <laughs> no. Certainly don't plan on that anytime soon. So, uh, Fair enough. You better stay I'd be up interested. all night. I'd be, we need to get Chris Camerani on this one. See 
Because I, I genuinely think it would be cool. But mm. I think it might depend on if either of them are Star Trek fans. Well, they both should be. I, I'll concede the point. But if, if Cole is like, totally, yes, absolutely, I love Star Trek, and Ned's like, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that, or vice versa. I think that tips the scales. Oh, of course. But not knowing that piece of information, just based on, like, lifestyle, I kind of feel like it would be cool. Yeah, probably. I didn't want to admit it. <laughs> but Chris Camerani has to get on the case. That's true. We've got we've to figure it out. We need to find the biggest Star Trek fan on the roster. I think it might be Jeff Kassar, actually. I don't know why. It just seems like a thing. It's, I feel like Chris Schuler. That'd be cool. Would be the biggest Star Trek fan. Yeah. Right. That's the name that comes to me. But, I, anyway. I think I think that just about seals the podcast for the day. Oh, yeah. You bet. We'll talk to you guys next week. Enjoy uh, watching Real Salt Lake hopefully destroy LA Galaxy. Well, yeah. Load the photon torpedoes. If it's uh, not been made incredibly obvious, I don't like LA at all. So I don't think anyone does. Um, I think I like them less than anybody else, though. Yeah, well, they feel the same way about you, Trevor. Fair enough. I don't care. I hope um, we... Uh, I can't say that word. I hope we beat them soundly yeah. in a skirmish. <laughs> anyway, next week. See you later. Goodbye.